Over the past year, states and local jurisdictions have enacted a slew of new laws impacting the way employers hire, pay, and treat their employees. With more new laws on the horizon, now is the perfect time to watch the HR trends for 2020. Welcome to HRpreneur, a small business podcast by ADP. I'm Jim Duffy, and I'm a Vice President of Marketing for ADP Small Business Services. You work incredibly hard to support your employees and make your business thrive. More than likely, this means you wear lots of hats, and one of those might be of an HR professional. We're here to help you get the insight you need to tackle day-to-day workplace issues. I'm here in the studio with Meryl Gutterman. Meryl works as counsel for ADP Small Business Services. Meryl, good to see you. Thanks for joining us again today. Hi, Jim. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here today. Meryl, we've seen a lot of legislative activity this past year, particularly related to harassment prevention, paid family leave, and medical and recreational marijuana laws. Do you expect to see more states adopt these kinds of laws in the year ahead? We do, Jim. Uh, We're looking at that right now. We have seen a lot of activity in 2019 with laws aimed at addressing anti-harassment, granting employees paid leave. We've seen a lot of laws talk about protections for medical and recreational marijuana users. And yeah, in the year ahead, we do expect to see some of these same trends continuing and emerging in different states as well. All right. If I may, let's begin with anti-harassment efforts. In 2019, Delaware, Illinois, New York, and a number of other states adopted or amended uh, laws addressing sexual harassment training and policies. Can employers expect similar requirements in 2020? Absolutely, Jim. A few of the sexual harassment prevention laws that were recently adopted are slated to take effect in 2020. Um, I think effective January 1st, employers with employees working in Illinois are going to have to provide training on preventing sexual harassment. And also restaurants and bars in Illinois are also going to have to provide their employees with a written sexual harassment policy. And given all the attention that's been placed on the Me Too movement these past few years, we're expecting to see more states follow suit. So can you tell us a little bit about some of the common elements or themes that you see in these laws? Sure. Um, They vary by jurisdiction, but there are some common themes. Most of the laws require employers to provide either all of their employees or their supervisors with sexual harassment training, either annually or every other year. And then a lot of the laws also require employers to provide all employees with a written copy of the company's sexual harassment prevention policy. And that could be at the time of hire. There are some states that also require employers to provide written notice to employees on an annual basis. So depending on the state, you may have to provide training, a written policy, um, and or written notice. And some states have also published model policies and training programs that employers can use to help comply with these requirements. Got it. So that's sexual harassment prevention. Let's talk about paid leave for a minute. In recent years, a number of jurisdictions have enacted paid sick and other types of paid leave laws. Will employers see the same trend in 2020? Absolutely. I think so. States are rapidly introducing paid leave programs. We've seen paid family leave programs where employees have to contribute to the program through a payroll deduction. Um, We've also been tracking for a number of years paid sick leave programs that need to be provided by the employer. And right now we know of 11 states and more than 20 cities and counties that require employers to provide paid sick leave. So what about all-purpose leave? Right. That's another type of leave, and that's a a good question. Um, Some states have begun to require employers to provide all-purpose leave, 
And that means employees can use the leave for any reason and not just for sick time. So in Nevada, I know they recently passed a law requiring employers with 50 or more employees in the state to provide employees with paid time off that can be used for any reason. And also Maine has enacted another similar law like that. Got it. So switching gears to pay. In the past few years, we've seen several states expand the scope of their equal pay laws. What are these laws intended to do exactly? Well, equal pay laws have been around for a while, and they're intended to diminish the pay gap by requiring employers to pay employees equally based on things like skill, experience, and job function. Historically, equal pay laws have targeted pay disparities between gender, but more recently, we're seeing states starting to broaden those protections and cover all protected classes. How about restrictions on pay history inquiries? Yeah, this is another type of law that we're seeing, bans on pay history inquiries. And these laws are being passed in an effort to prevent discriminatory pay practices of a previous employer from continuing on in a new job. So there are several states and local jurisdictions that have enacted laws that prohibit employers from asking applicants about their pay history. For example, in New Jersey, employers can't ask about an applicant's pay history or screen the applicant or determine compensation or benefits, or refuse to hire the applicant because of their pay history. And what about laws promoting transparency? That's another type of law that we're seeing a trend with. There's been a lot of activity aimed at promoting pay transparency in the workplace. And there are a number of states that have enacted pay secrecy laws in an effort to promote this pay transparency. So these laws encourage employees to discuss their pay with their coworkers. Colorado is a great example of this type of law, which it's not effective until 2021, but it's going to be pretty comprehensive where Colorado employers are going to have to disclose in all of their job postings the benefits and the hourly rate or salary or pay range for a particular position. Also, at the federal level, the National Labor Relations Act continues to make sure that employees are free to talk about their pay or their working conditions. That's very interesting, Merrill. While we're on the topic of pay... The U.S. Department of Labor's final overtime rule took effect on January 1st. Essentially, the rule increased the minimum salary required for employees to be exempt from overtime. So do you expect any states to raise their minimum salary requirements as a result of the new law? Well, some states might, but they're not required to do so. And there are also some states that have already set their own set of exemption tests, and those tests may have minimum salary requirements that differ from federal law. Do you know which states are increasing their salary requirements? Well, some states increase their minimum salary requirements automatically whenever their minimum wage rate changes. Uh, For example, California's minimum salary requirement for exemption is twice the minimum wage based on a 40-hour work week. And since California's minimum wage increased on January 1st, so did their minimum salary requirement. And Alaska and Maine also have similar requirements. All right. Let's talk about medical and recreational marijuana. What trends have you seen and what can employers expect in the year ahead? Well, currently there are 33 states and the District of Columbia that permit medical marijuana. And there are 11 states and the District of Columbia that also permit recreational marijuana use. And we're seeing more states enact employment protections for marijuana users. Uh, For example, Illinois now permits recreational marijuana And it also offers protections for employees who use marijuana while off duty. 
Uh, then there's Nevada. And apart from certain safety-sensitive positions, Nevada prohibits employers from refusing to hire an employee because their drug test results indicate the presence of marijuana. And New York City is going to prohibit employers from conducting pre-employment testing for marijuana. So what sort of impact does all of this have on employers who want to uphold a drug-free workplace? Well, despite all of these protections, none of these laws require employers to allow employees to use or possess or be impaired by marijuana during work hours or in the workplace. So as an employer, you can still prohibit marijuana in your workplace. All right. Thank you, Meryl. This has been very helpful. You've shared lots of great insights with us today, and some of which we've actually covered on uh, previous episodes. So if you're interested in diving deeper into any of these topics, please check out our archive. I want to thank ADP Insurance Services for sponsoring today's episode. You can earn free payroll by referring ADP, and if you want to find out more, you can just reach out to your local ADP sales rep. I also want to thank you for listening to HRpreneur. If you like the show, please give us a five-star review. And for all the latest episodes, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Thanks again for joining us. Thank you.